Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athletes, a local FCA radio show um, here in Southern Idaho. I'm Ken Lewis, the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And with us today is uh, Coach Scott Ditter and his wife, Jennifer Ditter. Uh, guys, it's, it's great to have you on the show again. It's great to be back, and thank you. I know we're visiting here. It's kind of part two of our discussion from last week. And uh, I know you guys have been coming down to FCA camp down here for several years in Idaho and uh, nearly a decade. And we so appreciate uh, just your guys' commitment to what God is doing in the Northwest through FCA, both there in Yakima and Sela, as well as in Idaho and the rest of the Northwest. So thank you guys so much. Well, thank you for having us each year. It's a blessing for us and we love coming. Well, um, I know uh, last week um, in our part one of this uh, uh, discussion, you guys, we ended up um, just just some really godly biblical wisdom you guys were giving your daughter, Maddie, who was going into her senior year. And um, I know your, your, your middle son, Cameron's up there at uh, Whitworth playing football. And uh, is he wide receiver? Is that right up there or defensive back? Yeah, playing wide receiver. Okay. So he's playing football at Whitworth and running track. What, what's he doing in track up there? They um having him do the decathlon. <laughs> which has been interesting for him. So he's a, he was a short sprinter in high school, but they can, they're converting him. So it's, it's quite the process for him. It's, it's been fun to kind of watch. So taking that speed and explosiveness into some endurance events as well, huh? Well, that's great. And, and uh, that's got pole vault in it too, right? It does. Yes. And he's got an interesting pole vault story, but that's uh, for another day. For another day. <laughs> <laughs> he's still learning to the pole vault. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I know that's a, man, that's a technical sport and um, very technical and everything they do, those pole vaulters. So, and they're kind of crazy. They got to go upside down and get across that bar all on a pole. So that's pretty amazing. So, well, we love your family and love you guys. And I just was, uh, wanted to pick back up there. What kind of advice did you give Cameron um, as he was looking at his spring, um, you know, track and field season being interrupted and then canceled. And then as well as with your daughter, I mean, there might be some parents out there listening right now and some grandparents, um, Scott and Jennifer that, you know, are, are just maybe looking for some, some godly perspective. You know, what was it that you shared with Cameron and Maddie as they were, you know, trying to deal with seasons in school being canceled and, and whatnot? Well, I think, you know, Cameron's, Cameron's spring season was just getting going. He had run a few meets indoor. He had a meet outdoor at UPS. And then the next week, uh, things shut down. And so, um, disappointing, uh, of course, like it is for every athlete and coach. But, you know, our message to the kids have been uh, really to, to look into what's God doing through all this. And, um, and, and to be, you know, to verbalize their concerns and, and like Jen was talking about with Madison, it's, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to mourn what you've lost, but 
you know, also understanding you, we have to control what we can control and, and move along, you know, and understand that God's got a plan through all this. He's, he's going to take care of it. He's going to work through this. And it may be uh, individually, it may be through the, the athlete's heart. It could be a deal where it's um, like with, with Kyle, like we talked about the idolatry, a little bit of the sport. Is that your concern or is it really focusing on God? And so, um, and I think that that conversation is, is continuing. I mean, it, it initially in March and April, that was a pretty common conversation, but I think that's been a continuous conversation through the summer. Um, and even preparing them for what's coming forward, you know, if school not starting on time or going online and, you know, really the possibilities of not having a season at all this year. And so there's uh, more challenges to come, but I think if we, if we focus on the right things and focus on what God's doing in our lives, um, you know, we can make it through anything. Hmm. Amen. That's good. I, I know you guys love, you love the word of God. You love the Bible. I, I, was just curious what what is the God where has God in the Bible really been directing you lately or maybe encouraging you through all this as as parents as teachers as coaches um, how is God's word you know where, where has He really directed you guys and encouraged you guys I I can speak to that one initially um, back I think it was December or January I felt like God gave me a verse it's Isaiah 43 19 it says behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth you shall shall you not know it I will even make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert and I didn't really know at the time I focused on the part that says I will do a new thing I didn't know what that new thing was I'm not sure I still know exactly what that new thing is I think God's always doing a new thing in us um, but that verse has served, uh, it just, it keeps, uh, reverberating in my mind as we have conversations with our kids and colleagues about this school year and how God is faithful. He promises he'll make a way in the wilderness. He'll, um, he'll make a river in the desert. He can do all things. And so it's been a really great reminder, um, of how his power and that we do not need to, uh, we don't need to fix these things in our own flesh that we just need to lean into him and, and see the river that he's got flowing. Sometimes our eyes, you know, don't really, our eyes are on other things and we miss what he's doing. So that verse has grounded me in just um, being able to have those conversations with our kids and friends and each other um, just as a, it served as a good reminder that he can do all those amazing, mm -hmm. wonderful things that he does for us daily. He loves us that much and sees us. Yeah, that's super encouraging, Jennifer. I uh, I know there for teachers and coaches, there's been so much unknown, and and having to adapt and do new things, and at the same time, looking at our own abilities, going, man, I don't know how I can do this. But what you shared there of relying on the Lord and, and knowing that He's doing a new thing, and we just got to tap into Him. Man, that's so encouraging. What about you, Scott? What where is God? Where has God and his word really encouraged you to, I mean, you're leading a, a football team. You have all these young men. Um, I know so much of the community in our, our communities and our, in our towns look at football and it's such a, uh, it's such a vital part of, of the school culture. And so many people continue, you know, it, it's such so much identity, right? I mean, that happens with football in our, in our culture and our small towns and how is God's word? How is he, really helped you through through these things 
Well, you know, one of the biggest messages that yeah, there for, for a long period of time, we met as a team every Tuesday, Tuesday night um, online. And so it, we, we all as coaches had an opportunity to speak into the lives of the, the, the players that got on. You know, we had somewhere between 35 and 40 players online every week. And, and we always tried to just continue to send that message that it, it's, it's not about what you're getting from this. It's about the process of how are you becoming a better young man because of this? And what, what is it going to look like? What kind of growth is it going to look like that when you, we walk out of this, we will be better because of it and we'll be able to we'll be able to do get through things in our lives through adversity that uh, are going to be way more challenging than not being able to go to school or not being able to practice. And so I think that's a big thing for me. Um, and, and really why are we doing what we're doing is another big point. I think God really led me to uh, Colossians 3.23. And it's the uh, verse that reads, whatever you do, do, it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. Um, and I believe that's this year's camp theme, correct? Yeah, we use that in camp. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's, it's not about doing it for other people or, or, um, well, I don't, I don't want to work. I don't want to get on and do my morning workouts or I don't want to, uh, go to the meeting because it's not what I'm used to and it's stupid and it's not football and, and it's about doing it because that's what God calls us to do mm -hmm. and not what your coaches or what your teammates or man, as scripture says, is asking us to do. And so, you know, we, we get that message in there in our, our secular way. So uh, I think every week at something about that uh, has, has come back to the surface. So, Right. I know that Ron Brown, Coach Ron Brown over there in, at University of Nebraska, he talks about that um, parabolizing the gospel in ways that we can do that in the, in the secular culture and our jobs. And that's, that sounds like what you guys are doing there. Um, that's awesome. Well, I know, Scott, when we talked back in June and, and early July about you guys coming down, you had expressed interest to come and help at camp. I know you had said that it's been a challenge to uh, – keep kids motivated and, you know, keep them looking, you know, not necessarily having a, a carrot, you know, in front of them, so to speak, because them not knowing what was in front of them and, um, and really about purpose and stuff. But I know that you guys have an interesting story about what God did back in, in January and February, back in your guys' life. And uh, as you as a coach, um, I wondered if you guys wanted to share a little bit about that. And as you were, looking at, you know, the prospects of continuing to coach or not to coach? Yeah, this last year was a challenge. Um, it, it's interesting because uh, for, for 15 years, we have had one of the boys involved in what I do as a coach. Um, Kyle started out as a young ball boy at Olympia High School and and then uh, we moved to Yakima and, and Kyle began his playing and then Cameron became a ball boy and then Cameron started to play and then Kyle came on the 
in the program with us at CELA and then Cameron came on the program with us at CELA and Cameron graduated. And so there was a significant void last year um, that of which I, I didn't recognize. And we went into the coaching season um, amped up, ready to go. But as the year went on, I found myself growing more and more weary and there, there was a hole. There was something wrong. There was something different about, I think, the way I was focusing. And I think we were working hard and doing everything we could and, and uh, doing it right. It was just something It was just different. And I didn't recognize what that was. Yeah, it, the weariness that he speaks of, that's something that God was putting on my heart for him. And just kind of just the Holy Spirit was reminding me and reminding through me reminding him that God gives you strength um, when you were weary and that we're, you know, he asks us to not get weary um, and to you to lean into him and to do good things. Um, that's, you know, biblical. Um, it's, it's true. And the Bible says we will all get weary um, and we'll, but if we hope in the Lord, then our strength will be renewed. And that's, that's uh, a verse in Isaiah that was, uh, I feel like powerful in terms of just giving me something to speak life back to him when in that weariness. Mm-hmm. So during that af- time after the season, when, when everyone's told don't make a hasty decision <laughs> when you're tired and worn out um, about February, I, I talked to my athletic director and told him that I was considering not coming back and continuing my coaching career. And I told him I'd give him a, you know, I'd give him a February 1st deadline and let him know. A self-imposed deadline. So um, about the end of January, I started to really struggle because I was praying about, you know, okay, God, you know, give me, give me a word, give me clarity on what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I wasn't getting anything. It wasn't getting anything. And I, I spoke to, you know, a lot of people in my life, uh, Barry Rifle being one of them and kind of joked. I said, I just want God to come down and tell me what he wants me to do. And Barry laughed and said, you know, that won't happen. So. Um, continue to pray about it. And just, there was nothing there. And so one night I was sitting here, it was actually uh, January 21st. I was sitting in the living room and it was about eight o'clock and I really felt God's tug to uh, telling me that I needed to leave town for a couple of days. And that, that's not really me. I don't, I'm a planner. I don't like just jumping on a whim and doing things. So I kind of brushed it off. I was watching television and, and it, it, that message continued to come to me. You need to leave. No, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going anywhere. You need to, you need to go. And so I came in the bedroom and, and told Jen, I said, I, I think I'm going to, I need to leave town for a couple of days. <laughs> little plan. And she, um, she just looked at me and kind of said, okay, all right, where are you going? I said, well, I don't really know. And so uh, fast forward to the, 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 the Friday, or excuse me, the Thursday, I, I, I taught and I, I got my car and um, started driving and, and wound up uh, in the Olympia area. <clears throat> and all that time during that drive, I heard the song by King and Country, Burn the Ships, probably four times. <laughs> and the fourth time, I finally turned it off. I said, man, they have to play something else. So I turned it off. <laughs> so I met with several of my former friends, uh, current friends, mentors, people in my life that have been very, very important. And, and every single one of them, what are you doing over here? I said, you know, I don't really know. I said, I think I'm on some kind of a prayer quest or something, uh, you know, off the movie vision quest, right? It's right. prayer. Quest. And so we're driving in Spokane, right? Exactly. Me, me <laughs> high school. So I talked to them and, and, uh, 
prayed and, and um, I wound up uh, the next morning really feeling like I needed to go to the beach. I needed to go to uh, Westport where I grew up. And I kind of fought that one too and had breakfast with my former head football coach. And same thing. He's like, what are you doing here? I said, well, it's a long story. So kind of gave him the quick rundown of it and uh, went into the minute mark at 6.45 a.m. after we were done with breakfast thinking, okay, maybe it'll continue to rain and I don't have to go. And uh, lo and behold, I went in the minute mark, grabbed a pop and got back in my car and the rain had stopped and started to sunshine. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to Westport. So I drove to Westport, um, again, not knowing why I'm going, what I'm doing. Um, but God reveals himself in amazing ways. And so um, I actually uh, found myself standing in front of the home that I grew up in, in, in Grayland, Washington. And I had asked permission by the landowners to, to go walk back there. It was a, a mobile home that we, we put in there in 1978. And um, I found myself standing in front of it and, almost in the exact location where my, where my dad left us. And so a lot of pain, a lot of hard, you know, hurt feelings. And I, you know, I was emotional. I uh, brought back a lot of memories and I thought back to some of the things Jen had shared with me about me being heartbroken because of the boys and not no longer being in my program. So couple minutes later, the owner's wife came out and, and asked if I wanted to go inside. And this place had been, it's dilapidated. It's uh, no windows in it anymore. And it's the only place left on the property. And so I kind of had a lump in my throat and swallowed and asked God for some kind of an answer for her. And it was very easy. I said, sure. So we go inside, I'm looking around, and as we're going along, she, she expressed the fact that the, it had been empty since 1978, or excuse mm -hmm. me, since 1982, and that was the year that we moved out in 1982, so it would really been empty for almost 40 years. Wow. And so we, um, it brought back a lot of memories, a lot of good memories, a lot of bad memories seen inside the trailer. Uh, it was in decent shape uh, for a 40 five-year-old mobile home. And um, as we got into the back bedroom, I turned toward the west-facing window to find uh, my mother's dream catcher hanging in the window. Mm. And there wasn't a single thing hanging in the house, no light bulbs, nothing. But there's this relic from my mother um, still hanging in the window. And I started to weep and, and I don't think Carol, Carolyn was quite sure why, but I kind of quickly told her what the deal was and she started to cry. And, and so, you know, she said, do you want that? I'm like, absolutely love to have it. And so, um, so I was amazed that, you know, here's God showing me, you know, here's who I am and I'm going to work through healing you of your, childhood trauma 40 years ago from your dad leaving and the really the first time you experienced heartbreak mm -hmm. and dealing with that heartbreak now as a 50 51 year old adult so as we go outside we're standing there and she she uh made the comment how amazed she was that you know here's this 
dream catcher still hanging there 40 years later and how thankful she was that I came and visited. And she said, you know, we, we've given this house to the local fire department to burn down in, in two days. Hmm. And so, you know, I decided not to go to Westport. They burned the place down. Uh, God's, you know, I, 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 I just, God's presence is, is it's different, but you know, that day he reached down and, 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 showed me who he was right? and really took away a lot of, I think a lot of pain I was fostering, a lot of heartbreak. I was still fostering as a, as a, as an 11 year old and um, left there, went to the beach approach, pulled over to check to see if I needed a pass and looked up in the magnitude of lighthouses there. And when I grew up, the lighthouse was covered in trees and, chain link fence and barbed wire around it. You weren't, there wasn't accessible. And now they've made it a public venue where you could walk right up to it. And I was just, just amazed by really a, a glorious sight that I'd never really had seen before. Um, so I took a picture of it and drove home the next day. And, and uh, as the week went on leading up to February 1st, still struggle with the decision. And uh, that Friday at about 1115, I had a 12 o'clock meeting with our athletic director and still really hadn't decided what I was going to do. And um, Jen sent me a, a, a emailed a uh, lines out of a, a song and it had to do with a lighthouse. Hmm. And um, that made my decision for me right there that, you know, I need to continue to do what I'm doing and be the light in these young men's eyes and in times where we're, Maybe they have loss and maybe they have heartbreak. And yeah, I look at the, the men in my life during that time where I struggled as a young man and the void they filled in my teen years and how blessed I am to be able to do the same thing to, you know, teenagers and, and young men as we go through this path. Wow. That's a powerful story and it and and what where God led you and uh in several ways, how he renewed your, how he healed you of something that happened 40, 45 years ago when your dad left. But at the same time too, how God um, gave you that uh, access to the lighthouse and uh, which, you know, we have access to the father and uh, how cool is that? And um, to know that he cares so much about you, Scott and Jennifer and, um, Jennifer, I wanted to ask you, um, as you, as you, you know, were praying for your husband, who's a head coach, head football coach, and he's wondering whether he's supposed to continue to coach and do his purpose that God has on his life. And, but you said that, yeah, go ahead and go, go on this trip. And then what, what was God saying to you at that time? And, and what were your prayers like for your, for him at that time? Um, well, I think I mentioned in the, broad, the broadcast from last week that God has, or maybe it was earlier in this one, God had put on my heart um, the idea of just surrender, release, and letting go. Um, it, part of how I'm wired is to fix things, and I want to have an answer. I want to help. And so over the course of the years when Scott's talked to me about coaching issues, I always want to have a response. I always want to help, and that's not always what's needed. And God very gently reminded me that he – through the Holy Spirit is a much better counselor for my husband than I am, <laughs> which is a little, you know, it, it's, it, there's actually a lot more peace in that. 
than uh, you might think if you're not walking that out. Um, so I, I just learned from him and through that I've learned obedience. And so when Scott came to me and said, I want to go, uh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to leave town tomorrow and not knowing where he's going or why. And there was a bit of edginess that night too. Like, you know, not horrible, but I just, there was tension and I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but so that, that part of me that's in my flesh just wants to fix that. Well, that would have been a long conversation and what's going on and why and blah, blah, blah. And that might've deterred him. And I felt God just impressing on me that he's got it. Just, just, just watch what I'm doing and let go. And so that's why, that's where the peace came from to just say, go, um, go and uh, let's see what God's doing. That's really what the Holy Spirit was telling me, let go. And um, so I felt like through that obedience, God honored that and has shown me so much through Scott's obedience, not only through this, but over the years, Scott is um, really good at just listening to God and jumping in without giving it uh more thought than is required. He's got just uh, an incredible heart for that, for trusting the Lord and what he's doing. And uh, that's been a, a good testimony to me as his wife. Wow, that's beautiful. That's awesome. I mean, it's just to hear you guys share that. And and so the end result of where we're at today is that you're, you guys are still teaching and coaching there. God has called you to minister to young men that need love and, and direction there in your community and you're doing what God's called you to do. And, um, and I, I think that is a great message for today, for, for all of us, for me, you know, that no matter what the circumstances are, we need to continue to hear the Lord, be listened to him, stay in his, stay in his word and obey. Like you're like both of you are talking about obey him and, get to the point where we're doing what God's called us to do and not, not waffle in that. And um, regardless of the circumstances, you know, whether we're, whether we're up by 10 or down by 10. Right. So, um, well, you guys, man, what a, what a great uh, couple shows and, 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 and times that we've had to spend today. And you guys are special friends, you know, to Judy and I, as well as the FCA ministry. I know they're, with Barry and Ellen Rifle in the Yakima area, as well as around the Northwest and here in Idaho too. And again, we just on behalf of FCA and we just appreciate so much how you guys pour into coaches, other coaches and coaches wives and so many families of athletes. And so thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today on here on Harvard Athlete and uh, just love you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You